Hi, this is Victoria Schneps of Schneps Media, publishers of AM New York, Metro, and 74 other newspapers and websites around New York City, Long Island, and Westchester. But today, we are in the presence of a power woman for our Power Woman podcast. And you're going to feel the power, and it can be heard over schnipsbroadcasting.com and wherever podcasts are found. But today, I am so pleased to meet Tammy Ben Elizar Baxter. And from one of my favorite neighborhoods growing up, she is the executive director of the Atlantic Avenue Local Development Corporation. That's a lot. That's a mouthful, Tammy. So tell me a little bit about, um, I wanted to hear how you became who you are. Who inspired you as a child growing up to be so accomplished today? Well, first of all, Vicki, it's an honor to be here with you. You're such a power woman yourself. I was telling you, we need to get you a Wonder Woman belt. You are Wonder Woman. <laughs> oh, so I love being you. surrounded by women who share the same ideals and the same leadership values as I do. From a very young age, I would have to say I was influenced by both parents. Um, we'll start with my dad, who is a retired physician and medical professor. So you know when you you have a father like that. It's Did he all, have a specialty? My husband was a family Family so. practice. Oh, so family medicine. He was the first family physician to graduate Albert Einstein College of Medicine in the Bronx. And then they moved to Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, which is where I was born. I have born. to ask this question. Did he do house calls at those days? He did. He did house calls, a lot of elderly patients. He did all ages. And he had a very, very good um, bedside manner and demeanor. He was a very good doctor and well-liked in the neighborhood and the community. And he instilled in myself and in my brother that you always strive for the best. You always be your best you. So he had that more analytical, technical side of teaching me to always get the good grades, always strive to be the best, be the best you. And my mother um, was the other side of the table. She was um, such a sweet character, so humble, so sweet, and always um, advised me to go for my dreams. Whatever I'm mm. dreaming for, whatever I dream to achieve in life, to go for that. So I think having a strong backbone with strong parents, they came here from Israel. They were immigrants from Israel, and they came here wanting to have their own aspirations. So really watching that and seeing that. And they moved out of New York. They started in New York, which is very interesting how I then came back to New York after they lived here for so many years and then moved to Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And, um, you know, most of my upbringing was there. We also lived for some time in some of my early teenage years in a small Caribbean island called Montserrat in the British West Indies. How did that happen? My father was teaching medicine at their medical university, and I was there. So it started with the parents, and then going through life, I think that living there was ever-changing for me. First of all, career paths. Um, so when I was there, I on the island, on the island, I played soccer. So I that wasn't a sport on that British island that that girls typically played. They typically played netball. 
So I said, uh-uh, that's my sport. So I begged and pleaded with the principal, and the coach took me in as the first female to play soccer on that island in the it. junior high school. Wow. So that's where the leadership began taking form because there was nothing else, nothing of that before. So I started to be recognized for that. And then I really picked up the culture being there, picked up the, um, the dialect, picked up the music. And Montserrat is an island that, that likes to be very similar to Jamaica. Okay. So a lot of the music and the tones and all of that in the music was very similar. So I, I like to sing. So I started to sing and get influenced by that. So I, I was always into music. And that really changed my genre from there. So I became. Well, you've come a long way, baby, from music (laughs) to Atlantic African development. (laughs) So I started to go into the music scene, dancing, music, and then coming back to America, finishing up high school. I started to record professionally. So hidden talents, I think. Watch out! Yeah, I started in a band at seventeen. So um, just being in the music, and then going to college um, from an early age. I started college at 16. Mm. Um, When you live in the British islands, their level of of schooling is more advanced. So I was able to graduate a little earlier. And just really, I kind of knew very- Did you come back to the mainland for college? I did come back to the mainland. I back actually, to New York? yeah, and I graduated Brooklyn College. Actually, okay. I I graduated. My bachelor's was in TV radio at Brooklyn College. Had a wonderful professor, and he was another one in my life, Professor Andy Meppin. He was Look another one teaches. in 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 my life that really drove us to be our best. You to be leaders. Um, it, just a lot of influence throughout my life and. You know, leapfrog yourself now to how, to me, you're an artist. Where did you connect <laughs> to this world of development corporation? So I've always had a knack for being able to talk to people and communicate with people, whether it's through music, whether it's through numbers, being good at math, thanks to daddy, you know, and um, just really being able to talk to people, being able to fundraise for causes and all of these things. So I really started after my bachelor's degree learning that I'm really good in the business side of any industry as it was. So went back to school for quite a few graduate degrees and certificates and was really honing in on nonprofit management. So oh, so that's where you started into yeah. the business world. Yeah, so I was doing a lot of... And I believe if you don't run a nonprofit like a business, you're out of business. That is very true. With nonprofits, you have to have multiple funding streams because one can go and you have to have a backup. So it's very important. So, yeah, so just really loved serving a cause. I could have went to corporate America and continued that path of being a CEO, but I've always continued on the nonprofit leadership. I like leadership. right away that you consider being a CEO. I like going to the top. That's right. There's the power <laughs> woman in you. I love it. So how did you happen to be in the position Atlantic Avenue Development Corporation. It seems like a big leap. So I've had management positions. Um, I started off in college being uh, in research management at University of Pittsburgh, then moving to New York, had some other jobs where I was in middle management, some senior management. Then I moved to Florida. I moved to Florida with my family. 
and got a wonderful position at a rehabilitation institute as chief administrative officer. This, the um, executive director of that taught me so much about leadership. So again, another woman in my path to help me become who I am today. But you also, it sounds like, were open to being inspired. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, it, it all begins in music because I feel like music inspires so many. So there's so many other things in your life that can inspire you. So, um, yeah, so that was a good experience. Because and when did you join the Atlantic Avenue bi- uh, Business Improvement District? So I started with them. I moved back to New York in 2012. And shortly after, I started with them in 2013, the oh, beginning so of 2013. been there for a number of years. Uh, this is my eighth year. Wonderful. With our acronym is AALDC. Yes. And I've been with them for over seven years. It's my eighth year. I've been managing and helping to produce the annual Atlantic Antic Festival. Oh, so let me stop you for a minute. Mm -hmm. What are the boundaries of your development corporation in Atlantic Avenue? So, where does it start and where does it end? We, our mission statement serves Atlantic Avenue between Fourth Avenue and Hicks Street. Okay. And the surrounding community. Yes, of course. Yes. Our mission statement is three-tiered, economic development, cultural enrichment, and historic preservation. Everybody knows us for this annual Atlantic Antic Festival. So what would you call that neighborhood? Would that be, you know, these real estate people come up with new oh, names yes. for neighborhoods yes, every yes. month or so. So what would your area be There's considered? There's more than of? one. So yes. it's Burham Hill. Our office is located in Burham Hill. Burham Hill, Cobble Hill, Brooklyn Heights, and a little bit of downtown Brooklyn. We, um, as I said, we're known for the Atlantic Antic Festival. Tell me about it. We want everybody to know that. When do you do it? We're so much more, though. Okay, but let me know about that. The Atlantic Antic Festival is in its 46th year. I've been helping to manage it for seven years. Um, Where is it? uh, What part of the year do you do it? It's always in the fall. This year, it's October 4th. It's usually the last Sunday of September. We have to talk about AM New York Metro being a media partner oh, because yes. I love these events. Absolutely. So you wanted to say, and I interrupted you, about what you moved <laughs> it to beyond what it, it well, was. Well, because everybody knows ALDC and Atlantic Avenue LDC as running the Atlantic Antic. I mean, why not? It has over a million attendees. It is a mile long. It's one of the longest street festivals. We wow. have 12 stages. It, it is a huge festival Oof. and it's so much fun. It really is. And yes, but what the work is, we run the World's Fair with, you know. You know, it's a lot of work. I mean, oh, yes. yes. So what, what is it that you were saying that you wanted to move it beyond so, what it was? So we are more than that. We do this huge, massive festival, but we also have a youth community scholarship program. We give scholarships to children ages 4 to 18 um, in districts 13 and 15 in Brooklyn, uh, we, so those are basically your neighborhoods that intersect our neighborhoods. Yes. District thirteen and fifteen intersects our neighborhoods, um, which is a lot of zip codes if you yes. think about it. And we provide scholarships primarily to low income families but for what? For the children to go to summer and fall programs. Oh, all in the arts, I bet. Not all, baby? Not no, all no, no, no. What else? So we have everything. We have eighteen partners. We started with four. We now have eighteen. Wow. Um, you're and, a doer. And this is the community 
communication part of me. Just keep it talking and getting more and more partners together to make this program really good for the community. So you kind of partner or have strategic alliances with these programs or yes. you fund them for the community? How so, does that work? So we partner with these programs. We fund the scholarships for the children to attend the programs. You were asking about arts. Yes, we have arts. We have Brooklyn Ballet. We have Brooklyn Music Factory. We have Mark Morris. Um, we have so many. But on the educational side, we also give scholarships for Mathnasium, Read 718, Pixel Academy. Uh, I love it. Sports. So was, is there something else that the Atlantic, what you've moved it towards? Well, we also advocate heavily for the local businesses. We know there's so a lot going a on with that. this is a big challenge for small businesses today. Yes. And I find that um, we have an office on Bell Boulevard, and the only thing that's surviving are restaurants. How are you finding <laughs> on Atlantic Avenue? It's so interesting because there's so many restaurants on well, Atlantic Avenue. Well, because it doesn't impact it by Amazon. Let's yeah. be real here. yeah. That's really what I could see you're being challenged by. It is a challenge as we get more and more into um, online shopping. What we try to do is do more advocacy for them, do more things to help promote that they're there. Some people still like shopping small. Absolutely. Some people still like the boutique shops. We have some really eclectic shops on Atlantic Avenue. I encourage anybody that hasn't been to Atlantic Avenue before. Well, to I'm take on a my day. way, but I want to have you share with me some secrets of success that you have learned over these years that you could share with our listeners of Power Women. I think the most important, and I, I don't know if it's a secret, I think it's a piece of advice. And I would take this as far as not just women to young girls and even young boys as they're growing up in a new generation, that they need to be leaders and not followers. So much influence, peer pressure, and I ask them to really take it upon themselves to be leaders in whatever they're doing and not to follow behind everybody else. But do you think that people are born to be leaders or you can be trained I to be a leader? I think there's both. I, I don't think it's one, you know, one cup of tea or one size fits all. I think there's different ways to achieve um, leadership status or rising to the top. Everybody is either born or made. It really depends on the situation. Um, for I me, I love that expression. I think that that's really yeah. a, uh, a wonderful way to put it. And I think, you know, for me to have you here today, I'm so delighted to be able to talking with Tammy Benelizar Baxter. I assume that's your married name. Yes. <laughs> and so, you know, I'm hyphenated too, Victoria Schnipps Eunice. So I am so thrilled that you came in today to talk with us about your experience and how you brought your whole life to what you do today. So congratulations. I'm delighted to have these moments with you. A power woman. And here's Vicki Schnepp signing off. See you next time. Bye.